Welcome to the Women of Wild podcast, where we explore what it means to be a woman. We will be discussing real life challenges from being a daughter, a wife, a mother, a single mom, and beyond. We're two friends living very different lives. One is married with all girls. The other is divorced with all boys. We're perfect bookends to speak from opposite perspectives on all the things. Our mission is to search out the heart of a woman and to pour into you wherever you are with real life wisdom, actionable steps, and application of the topics we discuss to continue our self-development into a wild woman. That is a woman of wisdom, impact, love, and dignity. So let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are doing the January obligatory passion and purpose episode. We all know those people that seem to know exactly what they are here for from the moment they are born. Their passion or their assignment was crystal clear right from the beginning. But for the rest of us in the real world, (laughs) the search for what lights our fires can seem like chasing the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. That one thing that affirms our highest purpose for being on earth. The thing that fulfills us in that in all the right ways, that thing that says to the world, we are significant. But here are the questions we're going to attempt to unpack in this episode. Does everyone have a passion or purpose? Defining what it actually means when we talk about passion and purpose. Is there a right, right way to think about passion? Is there a wrong way to think about passion? Is it important for us to know our passion and purpose? And is there a way to find that very elusive passion? And then, of course, we're going to talk about action steps that we can take. Let's set the tone for what it looks like to have passion and purpose. And the first thing I thought of are some of the great minds from history, like Alexander Graham Bell or Thomas Edison, um, or even the modern great minds of Elon Musk or Steve Jobs. When we think about their stories, we know that they were not overnight sensations and they probably did not know that where they ended up was where they were going to end up. I think that was a surprise to them. I think that they're passionate about what they do and I don't think that the passion that they have and the way they exhibit it is the way every purpose, I mean, every passion is going to be exhibited in every person. I think you have a lot to say about that, Sally, but why don't we start with defining what we mean when we talk about passion and purpose, because that word does bring up several different uses, several different ideas in my mind when we talk about passion. The Latin root of the word passion is patior, which means to suffer or endure, and this is the context of the word in phrases like the passion of the Christ. Eventually, that meaning merged from suffering and enduring to that thing that sustains you while you're suffering. I don't know about you, but when I read that and I learned that when I was like researching this, that completely flipped the script on how I was thinking about passion and purpose. I like that meaning of, or the thing that gives you meaning to to help you endure the struggle. That makes sense to me. So passion is almost like the fuel that keeps you going when it's not fun and it gets hard and it's that in-between space between the idea and the breakthrough and it's that in-between place. That's where we tend to get lost. I think that speaks to why 
it is important to figure out what you are passionate about because that if that's one of the things that keeps you going when you want to quit that helps just knowing okay this is what matters to me and I can look back at my life and see times when I was willing to endure suffering because I was fighting for a relationship or something that I'm passionate about that really matters to me. Mm -hmm. And I can think of other times when I just did not even try because (laughs) whatever it was, was not that important. Yeah. Didn't value it highly enough. And I think that's where we really do need to get to know ourselves. That's what you're kind of saying is really pay attention to the things that you think about a lot, things that repeat and come up in your brain a lot. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, for sure. I think my most passionate phase and stage of life was in parenting and minor, you know, both of our households are going through transitions of a lot of independence, but when they were newborns, toddlers, elementary, middle school, that I was absolutely passionate about my role as a mother, which means that I probably wasn't passionate about building my business (laughs) at that time. It was a phase that I had to, you know, put stuff on the back burner. And now it's flipping. You know, there's so much independence. Those kids don't need me at at all anymore, (laughs) maybe for dinner, but now it's flipping. And I have my passion and my attention and the things that are driving me are hitting a whole new area and just different phases of life. But I think that when I, if I think back to patterns of behavior or thinking or what really kind of messed me up is I always thought that there was one assignment and I always felt like I, it was elusive. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And now I feel like, well, that's because I I won't wear one hat. I I am a renaissance kind of person. I'm interested in too much. And I don't think there's going to be just one assignment that I live out. I'm not going to be like Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> I'm going to be like more of an artist kind of, you know, I'm just going to want to pursue so much different stuff. And for me, passion's going to look really different. It's not going to be one assignment. As I've gotten to know myself better, I know that I'm just a very even person. I don't get super excited. I don't get super depressed. I like to be just sort of in the middle. Right. And when I think about passion, it was a struggle for me because I don't get passionate about things like you picture someone being passionate, like someone at a football game just dressed in every color and paint on their face and going nuts. That's never going to be me. But I see that. That's how I picture passionate in my mind. Right. And so it looks different for me. And as I've thought through it a lot, I think I am passionate about things. There are things that I will fight for, but it's not going to look on the outside to other people. Maybe like that's what I'm doing, I guess. Um, Right. It just looks more even (laughs) to me. But there are things, you know, I, I think about what really matters to me. What am I passionate about? I think for me, it's seeing or walking alongside people in the process of them healing and being restored and families being restored. That gets me excited when I see mm-hmm. when I see that. I, I feel excited. That energizes me. And that's one of the things I thought of a lot about passion is it gives me energy even when it's hard. 
when I was homeschooling, I mean, Anna and I would be in tears, but I would look forward to the next day. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing this? But I was excited about doing it. I had a passion for it. I knew I was in the place that I was supposed to be, even though it was so hard. That's a great example. And so I think that's, that's where that um, that word, that root of it, the suffering comes in, even though I'm suffering through this and it could be so much easier another way, it kept me going because I knew I was doing what I was supposed to do. And I right. can look at different stages in my life where I've done those things. And there's truth to that, that, that desire, that passion, that calling, we're able to do it because we know we're doing the right thing and we know it matters. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a great example because you had a lot of parents that were not passionate about the idea of homeschooling. And during the pandemic, a lot of them elected to do that because of all the different things that, um, you know, the schools and being online and stuff was creating. And so a lot of them did homeschool and elect to homeschool without the passion. And you could see the difference. It really disrupted their family. It disrupted their peace it disrupted but and there was not that element of passion involved and they didn't look forward to it next day it was just right. nothing but burden god bless them that's a really good example when you are passionate about something it is the thing that sustains you when it is when you're in tears over the very act of executing the vision you're in tears it's not fun it's not comfortable it's not going as planned uh, but you're still looking forward to it the next day you're, you're excited about trying again. That was a weird time because I remember thinking about that. Like, why is it that I am even looking forward to the next day <laughs> when this is so hard? It is hard. When I was pursuing the coaching, I was so passionate about my own self-development. Um, and then with the coaching part of it, the, I, you know, it's just like planning for homeschools. Like the summers were all about planning and you just get so excited about the planning sessions. The execution looks very different than the planning. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the tough part of it. But it was kind of the same process when I was going through training for coaching because I got through the coaching training and then you start the business building and realize there's so much to this that is not fun. That's not actually coaching. It's not the actual interaction with other people. To build a business takes so much more than what we were trained to do. And that's the part where you're like, oh, gosh, I just dread doing this, this, and this part of the building process. But I still just cannot stop doing it. I have to do it. It's almost like I think sometimes when it when you really do find something that you are passionate about, no matter how uncomfortable it gets or how burdensome it feels or how much you don't look forward to the task of the day, you can't not do it. You're going to do it anyway. And when you've found freedom and healing from a situation that seemed impossible, you want to share that with other people. I think. Right. I do. That's one of the biggest things. And it's funny because one of the things we had talked about is what's the right way to think about passion or, mm -hmm. and I, I mentioned, I think some of that is what energizes us. And when I was looking at different niches for coaching, 
I originally thought, well, I want to work with wives in difficult marriages because that's where I've found the most healing in my life and grown the most. And God just transformed me through a lot of struggle in my marriage. And I thought, and I also felt like that's what I knew well and was more of an expert at. Mm-hmm. When I was researching that, I, I thought about that and I thought about moms with teenage daughters, which I had teenage daughters at the time. I still have one who's 19, so for about six more months I'll have one teenager and then she'll be in her 20s as well. But at the time when I was starting, I had two teenage daughters, and that was hard. I was still in it. I was learning a lot and growing in my relationship with them, but I did not feel like an expert in that area. But as I was doing these exploratory calls with different wives and different moms of daughters, I would get off the call with one of the women in a difficult marriage, and I would just feel drained and Mm -hmm. not excited. And then I would get off the phone call with a mom of a daughter. And both situations were hard. They were both going through struggles. But I would be excited. And I'd be like, I want to work with her. I want to. And I just saw. So that was a surprise to me when I thought about the direction I wanted to go to and what I thought I was passionate about. And I'm still passionate. And I may one day work with women in difficult marriages. I'm not against that. But at the time when I was really trying to narrow down one thing, it was the moms with teenagers that got me excited. That brings up a good point that we really cannot think our way into discovering what we're passionate about. We have to take action. And what you had in your mind was, I think this is the direction I should go because it's where my experience is. It's where I've experienced the most healing and freedom and then once you got there, you recognized hmm, the actions telling you a little bit more. And I, I think that's why it's so important to realize that when we feel stuck, that we cannot find our passion and you feel stuck because you can't think your way into it. You can't think about that thing that lights your fire. It's because you can't think your way into your passion. You have got to be experiencing different things to find your way. Yeah, I had to do it. I had to start doing it, doing something in order to learn that about myself, because I, it really turned out opposite than I expected. Mm-hmm. I think we all want to just have that aha moment. And, and you know, some people are just going to be really blessed that they're going to get that aha moment either in like high school or college, and they just get it. They know why they're here. And God bless them. But for a lot of us, that's just not going to happen. We're going to have to try a lot of different things and we're going to have to travel several different roads to be able to find it. And I think that's the thing is that we're looking for a feeling. Uh, a lot of times our feelings are misguiding us, but mm-hmm. we're, we're chasing a feeling that we think is going to be our passion. And when we, when we dumb passion down to one particular feeling, I think that's where we make a mistake too. There's not one particular feeling that you get when you're homeschooling your children to know that you should be homeschooling your children. It's, it's an overall picture. You know, you had to walk that out. And even that changed. You had seasons, right? Yeah. We did it for a certain amount of time and then it was time to stop and do something different. Yeah. Passion, I think, needs to be kept to that too. Uh, for a lot of us in this world, our life is not going to be one assignment. It's going to be many assignments. It's going to be very seasonal. 
I see. Th- I think that's good advice for anybody young listening, because I see in my kids and other young adults that I know and work with, they feel like they have to come up with like what they're going to do for the rest of their life. And they feel like they're behind. And I'm like, I just started a career in my 40s. You don't have to know it all in your 20s. You just have to do the next right thing. What you choose now may not be what you do 10 years from now. You don't have yes. to have it all figured out. But there's this pressure I, I see that they have that they have to have it all figured out. And they don't. Well, that's the mentality of thinking everything is black and white and everything is very um, step by step or clean. And I think that's where we get stuck is because we think something's supposed to be very uh, bullet point very clean and very step-by-step when really it's more messy than that. I heard a great podcast that was talking, it was this writer that was talking about discovering his love for writing and he really stumbled upon it um, on a part-time job. And then he said, but between that stumbling upon the first thing where writing came into his mind as a career choice, it still took him 10 years to literally make an income and quit his day job and become a full-time writer. It was a long process and it was messy and I bet it wasn't fun. And I bet it wasn't constantly ego stroking, (laughs) you know, the process is messy. You know, I heard Joe Rogan, one of his sound bites, I heard him say something that really penetrated my mind was you really have to fall in love with the times that are the most difficult. You have to fall in love because that's where the magic is happening. Mm-hmm. It's that in between the idea or, you know, maybe not an idea, but you stumble into an action like, okay, maybe this is something I'm passionate about. And there's that in between that first step and either a breakthrough or a sweet spot that you can get in that career or that thing or whatever it is. And it's the in-between where people either give up or they persevere. And that's the space where he says you have to fall in love with that messy, difficult, challenging part of the process. And it makes so much sense to me. Um, But that's not something you can just say, okay, I'm going to fall in love with the hard parts. You have to practice that. You have to practice being the kind of person that's just not going to give up and that's going to be a person of perseverance. You have to practice being that person. And that's most of life, if you think about it. It's doing just sort of the mundane things on a daily basis that move us forward. Usually make progress by leaps and bounds. It's a little bit each day. And it's and life is just going through the daily things. And then mm-hmm. you can look back and see the progress. But it takes me again back to Nina's interview. You know, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, that keeps coming up and it makes so mm-hmm. much sense. So then we've we've really kind of talked about what is the wrong way. And I think the wrong way is to think that everyone has one assignment or that it's going to be really clean and you're just you're going to be able to think your way through it. Those are wrong ways to think about passion. So why don't we switch gears to what is the right way to think about passion. And we've kind of talked about that a little bit, you know, with homeschooling, you know that you're passionate about it when it's really, really hard, but you can't stop. (laughs) That's definitely a passion that you're in. I found that too, in working with some trauma clients in the area of healing from childhood sexual abuse. That's a tough area, but 
I would get off a, a Zoom with a client and be excited to see the healing that they were getting from this. Mm-hmm. That and so that made me know I was in the right, I'm in the right place because that's also the same type of thing that could bring you down as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm not taking care of myself and I'm listening to this heavy stuff, I could get brought down by that. But for right now in my life, I feel like this is a great niche for me because I get energized, not from hearing their horrible stories, but from seeing their healing as mm-hmm. they work through it. And that's one of those areas that other people would be like, no way, that would just put me down. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's different things. That's another way that I've found. And I that's another area I never thought I would be working in either. Mm-hmm. It just sort of came through this trauma training and through working closely with some friends and then with other clients. But it's one of those things that like, I never would have said I would be doing that five years ago. <laughs> And the door of opportunity for you to d- go through that trauma training, you didn't yeah. think your way into that. And no. you, didn't, you couldn't plan for that because you were already operating in this life coaching industry. And then you stumbled upon mm-hmm. that door, you know, which was you were already in action mode. You were taking action. And that's the big part. And that's the hardest thing for me in all areas of life is taking action. Mm-hmm. But that has to be done. The other thing I think is important in, as far as a positive thing to do is just get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Get to know your temperament, your personality, who you are, how you react. Because it's easy to look at certain people and think to be passionate about something, you have to be like them, like um, Renee Brown or Tony Robbins or somebody like that. I'm not going to be like them ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I try to be, I'm not going to be authentic. And so I think it's finding what is important to you and figuring out your way of what that looks like in action. I'm a calming person. So when I meet with clients, I actually like more motivating coaches for myself. I wouldn't want to coach with someone like me. But there's <laughs> other people. I need more like kick in the butt, you know, it's kind of like tough, excited, get me fired up because mm-hmm. I struggle with that. But There are a lot of people who just want someone that's very even and calm and to create that kind of a space, which that's where I'm better at. But, you know, I think it all depends on who we are and what we need and figuring out that I have what I need for some people, but not everybody. And so and you do, too. You're you're going to be very different. You're going to fire. You know, I like working with you because I'll get fired up working with you. And I need a little bit of that. Yeah, I think that's a right way to think about it is that um, if we if we hone passion into this tiny little box of meaning one way, the right way, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it for each individual person, because I do think that everybody has things that are going to light their fires. I do think that everybody has purpose. Of course, you know, scripture tells us we definitely each have purpose. But as far as like that thing that makes you feel alive, that's going to look different for everybody. And and if we're expecting to look like Tony Robbins, <laughs> not a lot of us are going to fit that mold. And, and we're going to get frustrated that maybe we haven't found our purpose because it doesn't look like that purpose and passion. And so, yeah, I think the right way to think about it is that you're a unique individual. Look at the patterns and the things that have caused you to really just enjoy uh, the tedious things or the big things or the small things. And and that's the better way to think about passion. 
And also I would say that thinking about passion is more of a trait that we have to develop in us that whatever we are doing, whatever season we're in, that we should pursue that thing with passion. And then we become passionate people in the things that we do. So I think the right way to think about passion is kind of as a, a, a trait that we should develop in us, not just one particular thing or assignment that's going to give us a feeling, which then leads into, you know, that's becoming a passionate person. Why is it even important for us to know the things that do light our fires, that do create purpose and passion in our life? Why would that even be important for us to pursue that? I think it goes back to what you said in the beginning. It gives us that motivation to keep going when it's tough and to remember what it is that really matters. Mm -hmm. If I, if what really matters to me is seeing people restored, then I can try to help them. And even on my end, like even if they see no hope, if they're in that place where this, I'm not getting anywhere, this isn't working, me being able to have hope for them sometimes is enough until they can get there. Mm -hmm. But if I'm passionate about it in the belief that they can grow, that helps sustain them through some of that yuck of moving forward. And it helps me too. When I, that's one of the things about coaching, I think that I got from other people believing in me. That was the most powerful part of it for me because I didn't have enough belief in myself. But when I was working with the coach and she just believed in me week after week, it starts to grow in you and helps you through some of that. It's important because it just keeps us going to reach that end goal or to reach that piece at the end. Even homeschooling, like it kept me going as long as I needed to because I knew I was doing what was right. And I also really didn't want to mess up the education of my child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think if I hadn't felt so strongly that I was supposed to be doing it, I would have put her back in school. But I knew mm -hmm. that at this stage, that was what needed to be done. And I learned so much. Not only was I passionate about it that I kept going, but I learned things about myself. And that's what I what that's what happens in that messy middle is we learn and grow. Mm -hmm. If we keep going, we become stronger. We become empowered. We become more resilient. That's why I believe it's important. And knowing that that end goal matters helps us become empowered and resilient and stronger. I think you did a great job unpacking why. The why behind it, the importance behind it. And I think you could not have gotten it better when you said somebody else believing in you. I could, yes. Yes to the hundredth degree is that having somebody else believe for you what you cannot believe for yourself is probably the most powerful gift one person can give another person in this world, in this lifetime. And when you have somebody speaking over you uh, and coming against those limiting beliefs and merging you out of those limiting beliefs into true beliefs uh, of what you're capable of, of what you could build, that is everything. <laughs> that is the, the gold that everybody's seeking. But the purpose to passion, the purpose of why it's so important to know our passions or to seek our passions, the things that we, yes, it's the middle. If we're going with the definition that passion has merged into the definition of being that thing which sustains us, it's the perseverance. It's the thing that keeps us going. Is that what does the Bible say? Is that the people without a vision perish? 
no matter what phase of life we're in, no matter what chapter we're in, we still have to have a vision, a hope, a future. It may change from season to season, like we're talking about, but the importance of being passionate in the things that we are doing and the next right thing that you were talking about, like the youngsters thinking that it's just one thing or they get stuck because they don't have, they haven't figured it out yet. Just do the next right thing and be passionate about it. Be passionate about whatever that next right thing is. And that's going to build up and what did you say? Resilience and perseverance in you. That's where we become better people. That's Mm -hmm. self-development in a capsule right there. So is there a way to find what we're passionate about if we're not one of those lucky ones that were born with the assignment already on our hearts and minds um, or maybe even found it very early in life? You know, is there a way that we can find that? And we've talked about action being the only way that we can't think our way into things that we're passionate about. But can we get to the nitty gritty of things that the action steps? How can we find things that we're passionate about? If we're really just at ground zero, we have nothing that we're doing, maybe transitioning from full-time mom to now the kids are like full-time school. We have all this gap time or whatever, or maybe even empty nesters. So we're getting into that next chapter. Like, What do we do? What's your advice for somebody there? One of the things that comes to my mind, my old BSF leader used to say this. Um, it wasn't regarding passion, but I think it could fit here. But look at your bank account. Like, what are you spending money on? Look at your calendar. What do you spend your time doing? And what do you spend your time talking about? Those are things that matter to us. Now, they might not always be, you know, the best things for us, but chances are there's stuff in that if we're going to spend our time, money, and words on something. Most of the time it is going to be something that matters to us. And those are things to look for. I also agree with what gives you energy and gets you excited Mm -hmm. rather than drains you. If it's draining, that's not likely your passion. (laughs) But if if it's hard, but it still gets you excited, there's a good chance you're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, you have to try those things out and just see. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, is you have to taste test some stuff and you have to just keep opening doors and walking through them. Um, Of course, you know, the the prayer life, I have found that the most frustrating points to be in is when you have multiple options, like let's say it's job options or maybe it's not a job or you're choosing between a job and self-employment or starting a business or whatever. And you have all these different options and you're like praying for the Lord to write on the wall, which, which way to go, which path to take, or even college students. I've heard lots of college students say the same thing because they don't have an exact idea of what they want to be when they grow up is they have all these college options and they're stuck. They're like, I don't know how to make this decision. And it's because we're trying to make the right decision. We're trying to find the right door when you just have to walk through a door. You have to choose a school. And I think that when you're in that position and God's not speaking loudly, it's because he says he's going to bless you in whatever you do. (laughs) Just make a choice for crying out loud. Go do something, (laughs) you know. Uh, And then I also think that we need to expect that it's not going to be immediate. Don't look for a microwave answer on this. Um, that you're just going to have to be somebody that practices being passionate 
You're going to have to try a lot of different things out and maybe even, maybe even do things that you think you don't like. I think that's one thing too, is like, if you've never tried it, don't, how do you know you don't like it? Like golf is something that keeps hitting my brain for some reason. I've only done it a couple of times back when I used to work for the law firms and we used to have events on the, uh, on the golf course, but I only did it twice, which was very comical at best. (laughs) I'm not good at it. And my depth perception is not great, but um, I I keep thinking golf might be something that I actually want to try, even though my brain has told me for years that that's a boring sport. That's a guy sport. You don't want to do that. But I'm like, "Eh, I don't really know that to be true. I think I want to try that. I played before I got pregnant. So I haven't played much in 20 some years, but. Were you good? I got to where it was fun. It takes a while to get enough to where you can hit the ball. So I got okay, but I haven't played, you know, it's been so long, but that's one of the things I've thought about. It'd be fun to take up again now that, you know, the kids are grown. Mm -hmm. It is expensive though, and I don't have golf clubs anymore, so I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a fleeting thought. It was an example. Yeah, but that would be fun to, I think, finding new hobbies and trying new things. Who knows? Maybe you'll love it. Right? You won't know until you try. I like the clothes. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what's inviting. All right, action (laughs) steps. What action steps can we take to find our passion? All right, one of the things that when, and I can't tell you how many times because it I do talk to women that are my age, which often have the same chapters. Either they're still raising youngs or their youngs are getting independent. And so thinking through those phases of motherhood and being a woman and those roles, I hear the thought a lot like, Debbie, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And my response to that is, what are you doing right now that you can practice being passionate about. And honestly, I think if you do, if, if I were to encourage our audience to do anything with this, I would say, whatever you are doing right now, amp up the passion about it, amp up how much energy and thought you're putting toward it. If it's meal planning for your family, if it is organizing a certain portion of your house that is maybe a a guest room that's become an overflow of all your junk and it keeps tweaking your brain and go passionately pursue organizing that room. If it is um, maybe you're the CEO of your household and you need to make some changes with the cell phone or Wi-Fi bill or whatever, passionately pursue that thing that's on your plate with zeal. Like, how can I make this completely optimal? And so that's my encouragement and my call to action and the action step I want to encourage people to take is just whatever you are doing right now, be passionate about it. And that will help you develop that trait in you to become a passionate person. And when the seasons change, you will have it developed in you, whether you go get a job or start a career or nonprofit organization, or you start um, maybe volunteering in different places, different areas that you would do all of those things for the audience of one with zeal and passion. I like that. Agreed. <laughs> and expectations. Keeping realistic expectations by remembering like 
going back and thinking, we study the great minds of history so that we can see the reality that great things do not happen overnight. Really great things are a long process. And going back to that definition of being passion, being a suffering and endurance, and then merging into the thing that sustains you during that suffering and endurance is that passion is something that holds us in that space until the breakthrough, until we get to that sweet spot, until the process is complete, that we persevere. So I'm almost thinking passion and perseverance are hand in hand, like joy and sadness in Inside Out, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> a, it's like a parallel for me now as I did all the research for this episode is I, now I'm starting to think very different about passion, that passion requires perseverance because it's not always fun, it's not always exciting, and it certainly isn't always clean and laid out for you. But it does help us persevere through whatever that struggle is. Whether You know, the things that come to my mind are like the struggles in my marriage or the homeschooling. Those were like hard things Mm -hmm. that I had to persevere through. And knowing, I guess, how much they mattered to me was what helped me do that. Yeah, passion. I do see if there is something I don't care about that much, and I'm a personality, so I will not put effort into it mm-hmm. at all. And that's one that's a very eye opening. Like I can, my husband's noticed that about me, and he'll be like, "Are you sure you really want to do this? Because you're not doing it." I'm like, "Well, I used to fight it and pretend like, yeah, I am." But now I'm like, you know, maybe I'm not just learning more about myself and how I work. Mm-hmm. If I'm keep saying I want something and I'm not doing anything towards it, it goes back. I don't I mentioned this a while back, but like, how committed are you? Yeah. Do I really have that commitment to this mm-hmm. thing, whatever it is? And I think the passion is tied to that commitment. And if I'm not all that committed, that passion is not going to sustain me through it because it's really not there. That's right. When you find something that's really you're passionate about, then the fuel kicks in to keep you going. That's mm-hmm. that's the fuel. I love that. So thinking your way to your passion will never work. It's action that's going to lead you to the things that you're passionate about. The flames of passion are fanned by engagement, not by thought. All right. So do you have any takeaways from this week's episode? I really like that correlation between passion and perseverance. I feel like that's something I can hold on to and think about when I'm going through a struggle. I like how you put those two together. When we do the research for these different episodes and we're looking for inspiration and angles and things that we really want to unpack because we don't want to just keep saying the same thing that other people are saying, I really just changed everything I thought about passion. When I read the root word of passion being the suffering and endurance like the passion of the Christ. And that just flipped it all on its head for me because we live in such a society uh, and a culture that is all about comfort and feeling good and doing the things that feel good. And if it doesn't make you feel good, don't do it, which just flies in the face of all of history. And every great thing that's ever happened has been done on the sweat and backs of people that did not follow that mentality. (laughs) So just the whole idea of flipping passion from this, uh, you know, if you're passionate about it, then it's going to feel 
a really certain way the whole time you're operating in it. And now I'm, it makes more sense to me and it really penetrates me more to think passion is not cuddled up on the couch with a coffee. Passion is what happens when I am pushing beyond that comfort zone when I'm on the treadmill or lifting harder when I'm going for progressive overload at the gym. That's passion. It's the thing that's not comfortable, the thing that's on the other side of comfort <laughs> for me. So that's, I've changed the way I think about what passion is just from thinking about this episode. And I think that's just going to change how I think about my goals going forward and setting up reasonable expectations going forward. So, and knowing that I have to take action, <laughs> take action. I like and I can't wait to hear more about it. I do really like how that definition, because I hadn't heard that before. Mm -mm. And that does make you think differently about it. Makes me think differently about it too. All right, women of wild, this is your call to action. Practice what you are doing right now with passion. And until next week, stay wild. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you liked and what your main takeaways were. We'd also love to know what topics you'd want to hear about on future episodes. To connect with us further on social media or to learn more about our services, click on the links in the show notes or email us at womenofwildpodcast at gmail.com. And if you know anyone that would benefit from hearing this episode, please share it. To continue the discussion about this episode, join us in our private Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. Until next week, stay wild.